0: I'd like to welcome you to All My Block Podcast with myself, your host, Monty, along with my good friend and teammate, Mike Wallman. Mike, how you doing? GG, I'm doing great, bud. Good to be here. Uh, all right. All right. So, yeah, I'd like to, before we get the show started, like I said, I want to make it uh, announcement to happy Martin Luther King Jr. birthday and, uh, our day, and now a day that's been, i say, went a long time without being knowledge and so... Now we're actually acknowledging it here in the in, in I say United States, where it's days off from school, days off from work, but to mm-hmm. honor what the man did, along with other activists during the '60s, to keep the ball rolling in terms of change for civil rights and the uh, whole civil rights movement and everything that's still going on today, Mike. So to everyone listening, in, we got some playoff talk coming down the line next, and we had a big weekend. They call it the Super Wildcard Weekend, and it is not over yet. We still have a game tonight against the Rams and the Cardinals. Big a- uh, NFC matchup in the playoffs. So that's going to be big fun. But the weekend was we had the Patriots winning big – or losing big. I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, oh, my God. Bengals doing – yeah, Bengals doing well against them. And then uh, Pittsburgh and Kansas City, you know, Ben getting his walk-off game because we know that this is pretty much the end for him. <laughs> walk-off is right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, and then the biggest game and the most – Interesting game of the day, of the weekend, I think, for both of us, was the 49ers and the Cowboys game because, obviously, that winner – or, actually, the winner is now going to Lambeau, coming here to Green Bay, Wisconsin, where I am at. And uh, it was – that. so let's let's get into that game, man. I mean, that Cowboys game, 49ers game, from the jump was – it was interesting, to say the least. I'll say I'll start off with that.
1: (laughs) Dude, they're they're really good. Listen, it's so much fun for guys like you and me – the playoffs right now, like everyone, you know, you can go to national media, we can talk about it. Like Joe Burrow had 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 a good day. Mahomes had a day. Allen had a day. But like when I'm watching these games, especially this game, dude, football is back. We're playing smash mouth football. Offensive lines matter. Defensive lines matter. Like trench warfare matters. Like mm-hmm. the, the Niners who were the guys who are coming won that game not because of their quarterback. Right, because of because of their because of their offensive defensive lines, you know the ability to to withstand pressure, to get pressure, to create a new line of scrimmage, the things that a guy like Diego Samuel can do out of the backfield and the slot wherever running game was on point. Like they have yeah. they have a the old school formula for winning football is it's a it doesn't look exactly the same, but the formula is is coming back right, and they're winning yeah. games with with a guy who's like. You, know, you probably got. I don't want to call him a game manager, like a very capable quarterback, but not a superstar. And, and
0: Garoppolo—that's what you need to be referring yeah, to there. For me, man, yeah.
1: I, I love. Like I think they're a super tough out, but like you said, like you you were saying earlier with the, the Cowboys game, it's amazing that the Cowboys can. I mean, at, by the time that kickoff, have, I'll bet you half the country thought the Cowboys were going to lose that game. You know what I mean? It's like almost. <laughs> yeah. ta- it's almost like they got talked into losing, like the way the week went. And then just the confidence that the Niners came out with, the physicality that the Niners came out with. And the Cowboys didn't really – I mean, honestly, they didn't really respond until Garoppolo gave them a freebie.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it was something to where they were still stuck in some, like, pause mode, basically, you know, that first drive for the Cowboys defense and then the Cowboys offense once they came back on the uh, came out on the field after the 49ers went right down the four, marched down fifteen. Their 15 play script um, and this score, you know, made it real, made, made it look real easy. And and I also agree with you, the confidence of the 49ers offense and the confidence of their defense, you know, rushing for the, pretty much the whole game, get and then getting it getting in with four. They didn't have to blitz a whole lot. The blitzing came when they needed to to put on a little bit more pressure. But overall, the whole game, they had they rushed for on defense. They ran the bar heavily on offense. Stayed in that double tight end set. Um, motioning here and there with the tight ends or with the receivers in the backside of the backfield. Elijah Mitchell, that young running back was a fifth, sixth round pick coming in off the bench with through the injuries of the running backs. They had throughout the season was phenomenal. He would, he had like 20, like almost 20 carries, almost hundred yards rushing. Yep. And that's what you want. You know, you got two guys basically in that offensive backfield between Debo and Elijah Mitchell. That's going to tote the rock. I mean, Debo is Debo. He's he's a he's a he's, he's he's a receiver, but he has that he has that Atquan Bolden built basically. You remember Aquam Bolden? He was a big receiver, but wasn't a. I mean, when you looked at him, you are like, man, that's a running back playing wide receiver. And this is Debo, you know, in reincarnated there running the rock the way they are outside toss plays to him. That were I say the most successful plays when they did that one swing. Um, I say orbit motion. Arena football style and getting him the ball and then just getting to the edge, you know, and then 49ers defense having the push even with or without Bosa being in the game. They still was getting in there with Armstead and in the middle with the big guys. It was just something that was impressive. And for the defense, I say for the Cowboys offensive line and overall, I say offensively, they just never really got in full stride, got in their stride of how they um, should have been playing because it was something like kind of, it was what I saw when I saw Denver come down there two months ago in October, um, yeah. came to uh, Dallas stadium and just put, you know, basically put it on them in their stadium. So that was the, I say that was a physical part of the game, but then the mental part of the game, the the IQ of the game was also parts of the game that, that helped the Cowboys lose on, so on uh, yesterday as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's like, that's like what I say. Like they just can't, it's like the Cowboys can't change their stripes right now. And mm-hmm. it seems like every year you're always talking about how it's, you know, like, first of all, I think it would be extremely difficult to coach or to play on the Dallas Cowboys because their owner shines such a bright light on that organization that we talk about good players as if they're world beaters. We talk about average players as if they're good players. Like we elevate some of their guys to a status they really don't deserve, Mm -hmm. right? If you you get what I mean. And the the pressure that comes – with and you got to be able to live with the pressure. It's part of the deal. It's part of being a Dallas Cowboy. But you do have to live with a pressure that's probably different than every other place. When I watch that game, first of all, I think they should never, with with the amount of resources you have on the offensive line – they should not be. There should not be free guys coming through on on pretty simple TT stunts, TTE stunts, mm-hmm. right? Like we're too good for. I, you you should be too good for that at this point. The left guard got the break speed off him yesterday. I, I don't yeah. even know his name, man. He just got absolutely manhandled, um, and it seemed like it just kept it just like it just kept happening in opportune times. Not that there's an opportune time, but it just you know the the Niners are playing on their side of the line of scrimmage more often than not, and when you talk about you knew the game was going to turn. You knew Jimmy Garoppolo was going to give up the bag. You knew he was going to make a mistake. He always like it's that's his narrative, right? Like he looks great. He looks great. He looks great. He throws a pick. He looks great. Right. He gives the ball away. He miss he misses the double move to the corner. You're just going like, how did you miss that, right? And at the end of that was the most ridiculous ending to a game I think I've seen in a while. You start oh, for with sure. oh, sure. you start with like Debo looks like he picks it up. In any other in any other stadium in any other time in the NFL he gets a first down the referee goes changes the spot remeasures it fourth in inches and then Garoppolo goes full garoppolo on you and dude you shift your tackle and uh, here's what drives me insane because we're offense uh, offensive line right right all day with their oh well Trent Williams jumped off sides no he didn't he shifted and your quarterback forgot to wait till he got set like are you kidding me in the right. biggest moment of your playoffs of the entire game, you can't let your guy get set. Like you've got to be joking. You turn the ball over there. They come back down, and there's a rule, Ag. Like I don't know what year coaches we figured this rule out, but you got to have 16 seconds on the clock to do what they tried to do. Right? Run, right. run the sneak. Now I get the math. Like I get you want to run. You, you don't want to run two hail marys. You want you want to run the, the the four or five vert, and you want to just you want to hit that whole shot, right? Like I get Correct. why they want to do that, right? But when you start talking about the Dallas Cowboys and you start thinking about okay, it's the most penalized team in the league. Okay, mm-hmm. they had fourteen penalties 14, yesterday. Some penalties. Fourteen were, I was going to bring of that up. Some of penalties, if AG, were inexplicable and, inexplicable and inexcusable, like ridiculous, especially the defensive holding stuff. Like it was so blatant.
0: Yeah, Ryan and Gregory tackling the guard. Of oh, the my God. Of the yeah. I was like, huh? So, I was like, come on, man. No, it was
1: nuts, man. And so you have that. Then you got Dak Prescott. Now, how many two-minute drills have they run during the year? How many special situation drills have they run during the year, right? How All many right. – you know, <laughs> what do we always talk about? Bill Belichick is the absolute master of situational football, right? Because he yeah. educates his players on exactly what's going on exactly how it's going to play out, and exactly what your expectations are. I have to make the assumption that the coaching staff, because we know some of the guys on the coaching staff, we know that they have been through it. They know it. They'll teach it. They'll preach it. The quarterback doesn't hand the ball to the referee. Mm. The quarterback doesn't hand the ball in a situation when when they're down two seconds For the for like the traditional time you would you would make that call. Yep. I can't. It's inexplicable, man. It's just like it's and it should never got there because Trent Williams was you know should have gotten time to get set by Garoppolo, but you just go. It just sucks because now the conversation goes to again, Mike McCarthy, who was Green Bay Packers head coach, won a Super Bowl there, right? Has I'm sure has a street named after him. Yeah. He's a CEO type coach. He doesn't call plays. He doesn't call defense. Right. So, what is your job? You have to. You have to to motivate your guys. Yep. You have to keep your coaching staff under wraps. You are a game manager. You are a situation. You are a situational football guy, and you are a disciplinarian. Like that is your. That is what a CEO does in the world of National Football League. And this game, unfortunately. Your brightest star, your $140 million quarterback, shone a huge light on situational football awareness, right? And your entire team, you're talking about discipline with the 14 penalties. Like, it's a bad look, man. It is a bad look.
0: It is. I mean, that last drive, I think I look back at it and you got everything. It starts off great. They're running plays to get the ball out of bounds. They have no timeouts. They have 38 seconds. So they start the drive off perfectly. Where you're completing balls, and they do the even though it was a flea flicker, which I don't know why they go to the flea flicker, but just throw a ball to an out route. That's it. But they do the flea flicker. It works, though. They get the ball flea flicked. The guy runs out of bounds. Next play, tie it in, catch the ball, boom. He's He catches it on the sidelines, gets what he can, boom, out of bounds. And like you say, situational, just remind – your players, the time on the clock as a coach, if you know it's they should know, but just as a coach, be a repetitive reminder hey, we have no timeouts, we got to get out of bounds if we're going to get within the 20 or 30 to try to push it to get a shot in the end zone, maybe two shots. They were, I mean, it was really an opportunity at two shots, but that's the conversation, those are the words that everybody is saying, and that's something you told your quarterback before they got the ball. Okay, here we're on the sidelines, before we get the ball, this is what's going to happen. When we get the ball, we have no timeouts, so we got to throw the ball out of you know basically to the sideline. Or in- incomplete pass helps us. When we throw it incomplete, that helps us. So this is what you're going to do. Boom, 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 boom. If we get once we get to the twenty, if we make it to the twenty, this is the play call. Before that's before they get the ball. Before Garoppolo does Garoppolo. <laughs> before that happens, this is the conversation. If it's uh, was it um, the Kellen Moore, the offensive of play yep. caller, the
1: guy who's and, getting um, like. Hey, everybody, hey, this is our new head coach. Welcome in, Kel. Like, it's that part of it, and that's what I'm talking about, man. Like, that's what's crazy about this whole deal, right? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. Dan Quinn's a head coaching candidate. I mean, he should be probably right. But Co- correct. Yeah, he's a He probably. just got fired for with the Atlanta deal. Kellen Moore, yeah. oh, he's hot, hot topic. It's like, dude, it, it almost feels like it's you almost feel bad for the guys, but it's it's like they it's like the, the organization does it to themselves. Sorry, sorry for digressing there, AG interrupting. I mean, yeah. but it just drives me insane. No, no, you're good. You're good. You know, it's just something
0: I say it is a focus and a concentration matter problem um, or matter of problem. Um, and I, I remember when I went down to Houston and in my first season, first year there, and actually wasn't even the season, it was mini camp. And this is something like you mentioned with Jerry Jones. I noticed right away coming from Green Bay where I maybe saw Ted Thompson this many times in my eight years in Green Bay, um, on the practice field, in the, in the dining room, anywhere in the meeting room, I saw this many times, five, maybe five in eight years. Um, and I was on mini camp. It was third day of mini camp. I had seen Bob McNair all three days at practice in a suit with an entourage. And so with that, I'm like, this is, don't y'all feel this is, this is just odd. And then, um, I can't remember. It was, um, it was an old line. It was a linebacker. He played with, uh, with with the Ravens, and I can't remember his name right now. I think it was Sean, was it Sean something? He played with Sharp in college, I think. And he said to me, mom he said, AG, hey, he said, This is you know, they just trying to um keep up with you know who up north. I said, Oh, Izzy. And that's like, okay. I was like, it's just different to me because I, I grew up in a place where the there for one, it was no ownership, but even if it was. They let the coaches coach, let players play, so you did not have to have that under. Like you said, that it's, it is a pressure where you basically gotta you gotta win the Super Bowl every game, every play, yeah. every practice. Yep. It's like we're winning the Super Bowl. It's like, bro, it's it's May. What we're getting just trying to get the team together in May, getting these rookies put together and see what they're like, see if they're the draft picks that we want them to be. You know, so it was just it was just interesting to your to your remark about how Jerry Jones. Puts Dude. his influence without knowing his, what he's doing to his teammates. I got to tell you this.
1: I got to tell you this story because just because you brought that up. Right. So, when I, I get, so I'm in, you know, you and I are in Green Bay together. Things are done a certain way, right? Yep. A certain way. All I go down time. to Carolina, and so the old owner's name is Jerry Richardson. And okay. he made, he made his, he played for a, a season, I think, with Johnny Unitas. And then he went oh. into, I think he bought a bunch of Hardee's and some other fast food chain restaurants and made a gazillion dollars. So he bought the steam. Yeah. Yeah. He went to a college called Wofford College in South Carolina, Spartanburg, South Carolina, which is like very, very uncomfortable in the in the summertime. Like not a great place to have training camp. But he wanted to have it. It was kind of ego rub. So we'd go have training camp down Spartanburg. So I remember the first year we're down there. This guy rolls up in a golf cart. We're doing one on ones, and everyone's watching because I was a big free agent guy and made Chris Jenkins. Yeah, I remember CJ. So the first day, everyone stops, like practice, basically going to watch us go at it. And I remember he rolled up, and he kind of like rolled up right next to the one v ones. I was like, oh, to the point where I was like, dude, you might get hurt. Like, are you sure, you want to be there, kind of thing, you know? Right. And I just remember, like, every day he'd roll up, and then finally it happened. He rolled up and stopped his golf cart. Where we were doing one on ones, and we literally, the coach just and think about this now, it's a big field, bro. We had two fields. Yeah. The coach yeah. moved the dummy bag so we could just move the thing down, so we wouldn't have to ask the owner to move. That's the kind of that's that's the kind of nonsense we were doing in Carolina. Dude, it's like, uh, where are your priorities? We already know you own the place. Like, you don't right. need to pull it out right now. We know, like, we know you're the guy. You know what I mean, right? It's yeah. crazy out there, man. But it it does, it has an effect on everybody and everything. And it's just, it's really, it's one of those situations where, like, you know, there's some good dudes on, on Dallas, and, and it's just it's hard to dismiss. It's it's kind of tough. It's sad, it's sad to watch because it's almost like they're it's like they're eating their own enthusiasm now. Mm-hmm. Every time yeah. you go see go into these playoffs, it's like, how are you gonna lose this time? You know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly exactly so with that being said we move to the keys of the game because we know what's coming down the street we got the 49ers and the packers saturday night 7 15 kickoff eastern standard time so what are what are some of your keys to the game mike
1: well i think debo samuels you know i think he's just a matchup nightmare and it's not only Mm -hmm. the runs that he gets and it's not like he had like nine carries at one point for like 60 yards 63 yards something like that he's just an explosive guy I don't know how many. I don't, I don't remember his, his numbers in the slot or like what he was catching. He had like before. 35.
0: He had about 35 yards receiving. Yeah, so, but it's right. it's That's it's, it's what he
1: does to the eyes of everybody else. Like he just makes the running back better. He makes Ayuk better. He makes George Kittle more open. Like we have to have a plan of like who the game. The game with the Green Bay Packers is always what now. We've been historically. We've been in this year. Get home with four. Tackle in the tackle in the alleys, play that cover too, don't let anybody get behind you. And we did a pretty good job, especially in the first half of the last time we played these guys, of doing mm-hmm. just that. Like, let Garoppolo throw you the ball a couple times. Keep pressuring him. Kenny Clark yep. beat the absolute breaks off of the interior line for the San Francisco 49ers last time. Dean Lowry had a nice game too, and it makes a difference. Our edge guys can set the edge on their line of scrimmage in the run game. Like, all that stuff makes a difference. So, yep. like, for me, it's... Business as usual, but it's a they have evolved in the way that they're using Debo Samuel, and we have to be ready for that.
0: Yep. And uh, so for me, that's where I go into both agreeing with you, slow the run game down for the 49ers. Because mm-hmm. you, you saw that game. Cowboys had no remedy on that first drive, second, third drives. I mean, maybe in the second quarter and third quarter, they made a few adjustments where a couple of the times they knew pre-snap, okay, they are about to run this play, and they held them back. But that was like one or two plays. It wasn't the whole game. And it wasn't a point where you say, "Okay, now we got this under control. This is where we're going to win the game." So that never came to light for the Cowboys' defense. And then, obviously, I think you mentioned it to get in their flow. So offensively, we've seen the Packers for every game this season. When they got into the flow, they're pretty much, you know, hard. They're they're hard to stop. Devontae's running his routes, getting open, or or basically Aaron's throwing the ball in placement in places where only Devontae could catch it and or Lazard or Degaria, wherever, or whoever he's throwing it to, he gets it to them because he's, like you mentioned this season, you said it several times, Aaron can be a cheat code at at times. And then I say biggest thing for both teams and really the Packers keep mistakes to a a minimum because as we saw in the playoffs for every game we've watched, um, any, any and all mistakes are going to hurt you, I say three times the amount of a regular season game to a playoff game, because when it happens in the playoffs, it, it grabs on more to the more the concentration and the focus of each player because they know the bre- the heaviness of that game. They know, oh, my God, this is the playoff game. So I can't do this. And I just did. So then now they got to fight through that mental mindset of, OK, let me forget about it and move on. Not, not a lot of players understand that because, they, they don't they, they they look at the situation okay regular season you go preseason regular season playoffs and it's like you don't understand sometimes you just if you treat that game just as important or i say i say just the same as the regular season game then it won't bother you as much but if you put it way up here then that yeah. that mental mindset then goes and you're out the door you're like hey hey i need you I need you. I remember coaching some of my high school players in the last couple of years where I had a player make a mistake. I think he fumbled the ball. He went the wall array, And he was one of our best players, one of our best. Uh, he was our running back and linebacker. And I was like, I said, hey, come here. Forget about that mistake, that fumble, whatever. I need you. I need your mental here. Worry about the next play, so you you get guys where they're just gone. They're like, "Oh my god, it, it's the world. It's over." You know, so it's like you get this situation mentally for a lot of players. They kind of check out, and so that's where they got to like, you know what this is just a regular game. Let's go out here and do do I say execute and do the plays that are called out there on the football field. So
1: with you that know, being a- yeah ag ag with that like I it's so in- it's always been interesting to me. As, as kind of, we we went through our careers, and now you kind of look at things from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, the game doesn't change for us. For a player, the game is the same. And I'm talking, it could be we could talk about you being high school, college, pro. Like relatively speaking, the game is always the same. A regular season game is no different than a, than a, a postseason game. The only difference is the external pressure or the external things that you feel from outside of mm-hmm. you outside of your group outside of your team the media right family members social media all these those yep. are putting external but the game doesn't change unless you listen to everybody else exactly and, and the the best players just understand yeah there's no tomorrow yeah there's a finality to this certainly but mm-hmm. the way that we go about it in our preparation right doesn't change it, it better not change yeah the way it's the if, same. if yeah, everything should be exactly the same because when you get into that moment, to be present in that moment, to not worry about what happens later, to not mm-hmm. worry about the play that just happened, to be present is the only way that you can be the best version of you. And that's what you have to do, whether it's a regular season or the playoffs, if you want to have the kind of career your team wants to have, the kind of success that's, that's required, right? Yeah. There's, there's, that's for young players. That's such an important lesson that it's we huge. just – yeah that we just gloss over sometimes man like being present in the moment is the way to find the best success and the only way you can do that is understand that every single day is just the same opportunity to get better man you just you you can decide to look and listen to that outside noise the extra interviews the extra the meetings that you have to go through like mm-hmm. you can choose to to let that distract you or let that motivate you or whatever the word is you want to use cause anxiety exactly. or you can just go you can exactly. go be you
0: and, that, and that's what I—that's I know that's what I did. I know that's what you do. You, we was like we're going to be us out there in this playoff field. Um, that's about it. So speaking of that, we got matchups coming up. So what are the matchups on offense that you like?
1: On our Which, offense? Yeah, our offense. Yeah, their I, offense, you know, defense, I, I think, vice versa. Answer yeah, your so question I'll, here. I, I know you. I know you have. I know you have the, the some of the wide receivers out here. So I'll, I'll go with this. I I really like a healthy offensive line. Um, as mm-hmm. good as i think their, off- I th- their def- offensive i their offensive defensive lines are i right. like us downhill with our running our complementary running backs i really like our running game with these guys not necessarily to have a 200 yard game but to be able to run the clock establish the run establish yes. the cadence that we're going to operate yes. with right kind of mm-hmm. take control of the game dictate the terms of confrontation i feel very comfortable with Bakhtiari coming back, with Myers being in there, the game that we played against him before, having Mercedes Lewis, mm-hmm. AJ Dillon's a I think a much improved player from week three. For I sure. think he played at a Pro Bowl right. level. I think you know what I, I love Aaron yep. Jones and what he brings to the game. So I love that matchup, even though I, you know, you have to acknowledge, assuming Bosa and Fred Warner are back, like that is Ooh. the strength of their line too. But if yep. we're going good on good, I'm gonna take us.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, Bucatari coming back looking good last week. In the, and I still like it. Like you said the, the fourth preseason game, um, mm-hmm. but he got into his rhythm of being comfortable, you know, going against a, a, a team and player one on one that had been playing all season. And he just had that one game to get ready for this coming game. And this is going to be the obviously the best test you're going to have. You got some of the best guys that's going to be in front of him. In terms of the 49ers line of scrimmage i mean off uh defensive line of scrimmage coming in um so for me it's Devonte and whoever covers him and they'll and these wide receivers for the packers uh yeah. alan azar last couple weeks as we saw showing up he's showing up not just in catching the ball and, and catching touchdowns he's bl- he's a blocker he will sacrifice he will go in and get the grimy work the trench warfare work done um the she showed up in the last couple of games, too. So having these players in the past game mixed in with the run game, then makes this overall team from an offensive standpoint very dangerous and very where they where they are basically staying in in rhythm, what they've been doing all season, getting points on the board. Now is just making sure the defense side obviously does their job. But offensively, if they get in that rhythm like they've been all year, they'll be able to put their points on board and what they need and put that pressure The 49ers offense because then if they slow the run game, it's you can't win when you're behind a lot in any game, no matter playoff game or not. Within the run game, when you have the run game, that's all you got. You got to have some pass routes, you got to have guys first of all.
1: With like Lazard finishing blocks, we got to take a a lot of pride in finishing every play, you Mm -hmm. know, offensively and defensively. I think what we saw last time we played these guys is they didn't really get home that much, right? with With their front four. And it allowed us to have success with some of those intermediate routes, some of those deeper routes. And part yep. of that's because of the way our, our quarterback can get rid of the ball; he's a cheat code. But part of that is like we we had time and we held up, and that makes a huge difference in a game like this because we know the running game for both sides is going to be part of this uh, part of this matchup. Because of the weather conditions, it's playoff time; like that's how mm-hmm. games are won and lost. So we, we we'll talk about that a little bit more in trench warfare, yep. but our ability to hold up those intermediate routes, those, those crossers, those, those double moves, like that's going to pay off big for us as it did last time, as it really has all season. And it's just, you know, it's a testament to they're kind of playing the same way we do. They're trying to get home with four. Mm -hmm. They don't want to get beat deep and it's just a question of who out executes. And, you know, you have to feel good with our wide receiver core. Exactly. And what's
0: important about those intermediate routes coming open and winning big on them. Those are the plays that set up the run or the deeper routes because if you could get off and get a five-yard reception, an eight-yard reception, there you're frustrating that defense because that defense line, you know what we we know we got to get there. We want to get home within you know two three steps of, of of penetrating the offensive line. And when that ball is out, quick boom boom boom, kind of like with with Tampa Bay, I, I think it was a stat where Tom Brady was having that ball out in 1.8 seconds or something.
1: Oh, it was yeah. gone.
0: It was gone. And that's not saying. And, and and I don't know what you know, Matt and what Aaron but you know they get the ball out fast so that as a defense alignment once they see the ball throw they're like dang <laughs> the ball is gone so yeah that's just an added frustration that they can do so those intermediate routes are going to be very important for Devonte to get open for alan lazar for the and for whoever um aaron jones a.j dillon when they're in those routes along with the long handoffs that they get um but make sure to get those those that's how that's why those intermediate, intermediate routes are very important. So from that being said, we'll get into trench warfare here. And yes. so will pass it on to my guy who is leading the, the conversation here with some good points of emphasis in terms of the 49ers D-line and the Packers own line What you got, Mike?
1: So let's start with this. Uh, because we got these guys healthy – and they made. I think they made the decision to put Patrick at right guard. I think that Eric Armstead matchup with Patrick. Aaron Armstead usually plays over the right guard. Yesterday he dude. played against Zach Martin, best you know arguably the best right guard in the league. Right. That matchup is going to be absolutely monster. Uh, Billy Turner coming back. I, I hope he's back. I think Bosa is going to be able to play. You know, you, you just we kind of make some, some assumptions with yeah. with the concussion protocols. Yeah. You know it's a Saturday game. So we're okay. see a lot of that Bosa, yeah, Bosa <laughs> Billy Turner matchup. I, Billy's had some success against him earlier in his career, so I, I just think that right side of the line is going to be like that's going to be an all you can eat deal as far as as far as watching trench warfare and understanding kind of a, a lot of the game is going to be won and lost in those matchups. So I'm yeah. excited about that. I talked about it. I'm I'm really excited about our downhill running game in the second half. Um, Jones can have a big game with a, with kind of a switch up, you know, outside runs. We did such a good job if I switch over to the defense now, Mm -hmm. we did such a good job of controlling the edges last time, like beating – and George Kittle is a phenomenal run blocker. But Preston Smith is having kind of a a standout year from a run defense standpoint. Gary's good. Now we get Z Smith back, he's great. Obviously inside, I think we dominate at the tackle position versus their guards and center. Even though Alex Mack's been a great player. Kenny Clark absolutely ate him alive last time they Mm -hmm. played. Lakin Tomlinson's a good player. I feel much better about Kenny Clark as, as far as winning that matchup. So yeah. the thing that really when you watch the the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. they're as far as an offensive line in their run game. You know, what are, like from a schematic standpoint, they oftentimes will try to run that stretch where we got everybody going one way. And when they run away from Trent Williams, they are mm-hmm. fiercely fiercely dangerous because he does such a good job at that backside cutoff, whether he's hand fighting, whether he holds the guy, or whether he actually gets around and cuts him off. And that's important. That backside tackle doesn't make that play, and they cut off that all the time. Mm -hmm. So going with a five-man front, making that more and more difficult because now there's two guys in the middle. Like all those things are going to matter. And then you have to think about our ability to stack it play side and force the cut back into our linebackers like those are going to be huge plays those 1v1 blocks inside being able to defeat that backside cutoff that that Trent Williams is able to do because like otherwise I think you like every other matchup across the board
0: yeah definitely and and what to your to your point about the what Trent Williams does on the backside for me as a running back so let everybody know when that backside is cut off that gives me a third option like, two, like the two options I have going, if we're running a play to the right, I already got the outside to the right side, but then I also have a slight skinny cut to the right side, too. But if the backside is cut off, oh, my eyes go like this. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And I'm back, and I'm about to gouge that defense because then everybody's over-pursued, and if I see it with my eyes where I see the linebacker helmet run over top and the backside linebacker either runs over top or is cut down, hey, i might. I might bust my head on the goalposts goalpost or on the field goal like Edgar <laughs> Bennett because that is part of the job of the tackles and the guards, backside of a plate, get that back tie, backside garbage, cut it down, or or occupy it to where they're not able to get in a plate. Or I say, yeah, mess up the play if there if there is a cutback for the runner back there. So I definitely agree with that.
1: Yeah, they yeah, they have they, they listen with that scheme, it's always been interesting over the last you know, gosh, 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. You can gash in that scheme. Like guys have big plays. Debo Samuel. What did they do? They ran a motion. With yeah. I think it was Ayuk, uh, and they got, uh, yeah, they, got they got they got off uh, outside the box. He ran the well, opposite he, way. Yeah, he was pursuing I mean, a lot, over pursuing. A lot yeah, yeah, so so Debo busts up that twenty yard touchdown run. I mean, those things happen in this kind of offensive scheme. And historically, the downside to this scheme. And they're not just like a zone team. Like they can run the gap. They can run the, mm. they can run a lot of different stuff. Right. So I don't want to discount them. I think they're well coached and I think they're a very good offensive line. But historically, the, the, the problem with this scheme is you can't get that hard yard because you're always running sideways. So you can get penetration yeah. on these guys. Yeah. So it's really hard to get that third and one, get that, you know, third and two, fourth and two. It's hard to get those yards. But when you have a Lakin Tomlinson, when you have an Alex Mack, when you have a Trent Williams, it's like, that's pretty easy, man. We're just going to go downhill. Right. And so they yep. kind of have the ability to play. Like it always makes me cringe when I hear, oh, we're an outside zone team or oh, we're a man team. It's like, dude, you're in the NFL. You need to be a a, a good line blocking team. That's what you need That's to do be because whatever we don't do well, you should be doing. Right. Exactly. Whatever as a defender, I, I'm not good at, I over pursue, Great, we're gonna run the zone. Right. I got big guys up front. Great, we're gonna run the gaps. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. You have to be able, to, and this is one of those teams that can kind of do it all. So it's going to be a great matchup, I think, in the trenches. Whoever wins that from, like for me, whoever wins that that matchup is going to ultimately win the game because that is also going to translate into pressure. Pressure equals picks. We know Garoppolo when he's people get in his face, he'll start throwing the ball away. Exactly. So that's kind of where I'm looking at as the centerpiece of this game.
0: Exactly, and they got they got those the same pieces in place because they, they coaches coach together. For the last 10 years yeah. and actually longer than that, since 2007, I was in Houston with Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur. Right. So they that's how long they've been around. And I would say before that, so probably 06, 05, maybe even longer. So almost almost 20 years they've been together from Atlanta to uh, Tennessee to L.A. So they've all been a part of each other. So they understand the concept. They know they want to run if they need to run. And, and that's why you see the Packers offense similar in some situations similar to the to the 49ers offense and 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 I definitely know that yeah put you break was it I said this the other night pressure breaks pipes and that's what happens to you know when you get that D lineman pushing in there you know just on the play like the play in the Dallas game where Dak actually had a good throwing lane but the pressure of the D lineman pushing the tackle into Dak you know through his uh, rhythm off of throwing and boom that's a pick. So those type of situations can arise between the little battle and the trench warfare there. So moving on. So you. So there. So ah. So we finished off with the Trench Roar. Let's get into get off my line. Uh oh. Get off my line. I, I want to hear some of this. And yeah, it's interesting the conversations that's popping up already. I haven't I haven't looked up a whole lot of the coaching stuff because it's still early. But I know with a guy like Russell Wilson, um, that's a conversation that's starting out now because he obviously is a big talking for either leaving the team for some reason, either personal reason or just free agency that is out there. So Mike, take a, you take it from there.
1: Yeah. If you want to start with like, we can start with Russell Wilson, man. Like yeah. the idea that we have to endure another off season of people like, <laughs> Russell, like, Wilson, Aaron, saying, like Russell like, Wilson acting like he's this, you know, perfect human on social media and saying all right. the right things. Then having his camp leak out, like, well, these are the four teams I'd like to go look at or, or I'd like to go explore these other op, dude. Just it's okay. Like everyone right, thinks you're a good dude or not a good dude. It already it already happened. Just just do you. If you don't think this is the future in Seattle, just say it. Hey, listen, I want to go somewhere else. Right. Right. Force him to make a decision. But I, it's always to me. It's like when you say one thing in public and then in private, you're always going back channel. Right. We unfortunately now it all comes and gets exposed. It just I, to me it just makes you look disingenuous. True. So, I'm with it's, you there. Yeah. This. I'll just say this. Pete Carroll, John Schneider, the Seattle Seahawks, their ownership group—that is a first-class organization. They have been run the right way. They won Super. They won a Super Bowl with an incredible it. defense and running game. Russell Wilson was a key player, but not the player back mm-hmm. then, right? right? He has been the player, and they are not winning. They are not in the playoffs. I wow. know that every once cool. a, you know we talk about it like let, let Russ cook, and like he is a he is a incredible player in this league and could go anywhere. there's probably only four or five teams that he could go to and they, he wouldn't be the guy. Right. So he's a, he's a top, you know, five to 10 player in the league. As far as the quarterback position, he's going to help a lot of teams, but man, let's just go out. If this is what we're going to do. And this is just me as a former Seattle guy who loves the Seahawks, Like just, let's just go get it done with, let's just be done with it. I want to hear, I don't want to hear all this nonsense all, all year. And then like you, you come back to training camp, acting like you want to be there still.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen his social media. He goes deep into the theatrics, of the music and the videos, yeah, it's just oh, the high videos on Instagram. The hype, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Come it's like bro. it's a thing. Like we, like as players, we know the business. We get it, and it doesn't hurt feelings in terms of among players. Maybe for the fans, obviously, but among players, mm-hmm. we know. Just say where you're going. It's no big deal. It's been talked about and it's seen, you know. And not saying that he's playing down to that level. He's just not having a good year. In the last couple of years, he's been the like you. I remember you bringing up the first time talking about let Russell cook it's like yeah that's not that can't be a game plan (laughs) you know usually he's a phenomenal phenomenal player he can do things with the ball because he had that baseball background but you can't just go with that uh, as a game plan so from there so with teams not building out in the trenches get get kicked out the playoffs and I I gotta agree with that one
1: I love it right you (laughs) and it's just this was a great game, two really good offensive and defensive lines, or at least as advertised as really good offensive mm-hmm. and defensive lines. Yep. But we can go up and down. Like you think about it, Cincinnati is probably the only team left where you go, okay, their offensive line, not very good. Don't protect mm-hmm. very well. Joe Burr and Jamar Chase are just difference makers, and there's not much you can do about it. And, and right? Uh, makes sense. But you go through everybody else. Like, I'm not gonna say the Chiefs' offensive line is great, but they've invested heavily in their offensive line. True, yep. Tampa Bay has a great offensive line. Yeah, like, they I got love like, it. I like yeah. everything they do. I love Ryan Jensen. I like the yep. right Tristan Wirfs is a is a bad man. He's gonna be an all pro. I think he was an all pro this year. Yeah. Right. Like he really, really good team. The way they think about things, do you know Tennessee Titans, right. yeah, Green Bay Packers, San Francisco 49ers. Uh tonight, both those teams are, you know, okay, so we can go tonight. Proof's in the pudding. I would say that the trenches and the Cardinals are much, much stronger than the trenches in Mm. the Rams. I know that Aaron Donald's on the Rams, Mm -hmm. and I'm still saying that, even though he he might balance everything out. But I don't think the offensive line for the Rams Mm -hmm. is very good. I think the defensive line for the Cardinals is much better. I think the offensive line for the Cardinals has played well this year, and the defensive line for the Rams, not named Aaron Donald, who can wreck the entire game. He might just one-man wrecking crew like he did last time. But I would say I would take – the offensive line over the defensive line. It, it, if we could just get rid of like that one major factor, of course, but <laughs> but it, if you're looking across, right. like, like what's, it, what's going on in the game right now, man, like it's going to matter. Running game travels, playing physical on oh, yeah. defense travels. Like you can win games with good, with a really, really good offense in the defensive line, box players, running backs, um, yeah. linebackers and safeties. And I, I love it, man. If you don't have that, you better figure out how to develop it, otherwise you are going nowhere because there are not enough Joe Burrows in this league.
0: No, you can't have those special players just be the one guys you try to depend on. You gotta. I, I learned this as probably way back in little league that the big guys up front rule. As a, I learned that instantly as a running back, as a little kid, my brother's talking to me and my dad being an offensive lineman, just understanding the game and seeing where it started in. It started in with the offensive line and defensive line who wins those matchups, who can keep the defense from and penetrating who, and then coming down here with the offensive lineman when, you you know, they want to run block all day. But you obviously they know they got to go into pass sets on time. But if they do their job, then, yeah. You protect everybody, you protect the quarterback, you give the running back time to run and uh, hit the gaps and get some big yarders and wide receivers to get open. So, yeah, when you don't invest in that, you don't develop that talent, you don't teach the technique, and obviously teach the patience. Then, teaching the technique brings on the patience because you know you're not going to just, there's not just the first battle, it's not just the first nap and it's over. It's you got 80, potentially 80 plays that you got to deal with this guy in front of you. And for 80, 80 plays, you got to figure out from play to play what I'm going to do different to keep him guessing so he doesn't just fly by me or bull rush me every play. So that's the beauty of the, I say, trench warfare and then battling in between the D-line and O-line. So,
1: We could go even further with that because it really is, it speaks on, it speaks on who you are as an organization. Mm -hmm. And here's what I mean by that. So I had Dr. Rick Pereira on on, uh, the Process to Perform podcast, right? And and he 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 has this great talking point where, and he's been in the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. Yeah, I've heard his name before. And and his talking point was this. You either have organizational culture by design or by default. And he thinks, and his statement was, there's about 26 or 27 teams in the National Football League who are culture by default, meaning that, they are not there. You know, every coach comes in and says, I'm going to fix the culture of this place. I'm going to fix the culture of this place. We're going to have this, but they do not have a methodology and process in place, right. To fix the culture of that mm-hmm. building. And We're talking 26 or 27. This guy has been around the, the game for a long time. right? And so you start thinking about like, all right, what does that, like, what does that entail? Well, part of it, a huge part of it, is the vision you have for your team, how you communicate to your team, the standards you have for your team, the yeah. discipline your your team has. And when you look at that like what because they are the least talked about people in the building, what could be a better reflection of that than your offensive and defensive line, your linebackers, mm-hmm. running backs to a certain extent too. You true, know what I mean? Yep. It's like it's like if you have that in place and it's right, like that I promise you that team's gonna be good because that means you're investing in making those players the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, like it, it just because there's all these people, there's you know seven openings in the NFL right now, and you just go like, Man, you hope these guys get it right, because otherwise it's it's another three years of nonsense for these NFL teams. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you're wasting talent at the same time, you wasting guys' actual physical ability mixed in with the mental side to get them to that level you know, to a Tom Brady level to, you know, Aaron Rodgers level, just to understand what the physical and what the mental can do when everything is done right, when it's developed the proper way. So, and, uh, down in, uh, we Panthers. So the Panthers started off the season good, you yeah. know, but now it rolls out. They're trying to get him out of here. So what's your, what's your thoughts here? Yeah, buddy? It's
1: tough, man. It's uh, the, you know, I'm, played for the panthers for three years they they david tepper came in bought the the, the program and i think he's done mm-hmm. he i think he's doing everything he can to turn that organization back around you know, they had some obviously it was the toxic culture there with, with richardson for a while and that's why he had to be excused from owning the team mm-hmm. but you know matt rule came in college guy he's kind of had a reputation for turning for turning places yeah. around temple baylor etc yeah and it it Look, when you bring a college guy in, it's it's really tough. Like their schedule is different, the way they talk to players is different, and for whatever reason, they're just not having a lot of success on offense. They brought in uh, Donald this year, thinking like, okay, we can kind of resuscitate his career and the the problems Mm -hmm. he had with the New York Jets and Gase's offense. And it's tough, man. It's tough in that because Carolina got used to success. Like when I was there, it was a it was a um, ACC basketball town. It's a Panther town now. Cam Newton changed. Carolina, Cam Newton made that place a Panther town. Right. And Luke Keekly and all these—I mean, they had a lot of. They went to the Super yeah. Bowl. They had they an MVP, right? Yep. And so now, with with these guys struggling and the struggling in the manner they are struggling in, they want rule out. And this—you know—the poor guy is saying he can't even go to like the basketball game. He can't take his kid because everyone's booing <laughs> his kid. And you just go, I just. It, like, you know, we, you know, we were not as maybe as public figures, but, you know, you get into that situation where you, you're struggling or something's not going well. And then, like, you see, you hear about these stories. There was another one out on the West Coast where the kids are getting beat up at school or you know, oh, man. On at school and yeah, stuff. And I terrible, go, man, man, just like I almost wish I could be like the invisible bodyguard for some of these kids sometimes, man. Right. Me des- too. They don't they don't deserve that life, bro. I just I just bothers me. I just wanted to bring it up.
0: Yeah, man. That, yeah. That so, bro. I mean it's I think back with my kids growing up here in the Green Bay area and, and my stepkids were in Milwaukee area and they say in the conversation they'll come home one weekend and say they were in a conversation with friends and they say, Oh yeah, my stepdad is a mon green, but just come up, you know, matter of factly, there wasn't trying to bring it up, but it just came mm-hmm. up. And then the friends like, No, he's not. Nah, 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 no, he's not. And then they, you know, giving them attitude because they think they're lying. I'm like, I said, you know what, babe, just don't even listen to them. Move on to change the subject, or if you want, or just walk out, walk out because they are not going to believe you. They'll try to make them believe you. Just move on. So I'm with you. Love to be that, that invisible person. Like, pop, 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 pop. get up right. out of here. Yeah, move on. You
1: got every right to boo. You got every. You, yeah. paid, you paid the ticket. You got every right to boo. But if I'm at a different venue, man, if I'm walking in the mall and you you start bragging on my kid, like, right? No, that's woo. Mm, woo. well, it would be. Man, it's a hard day. It'll be security. a tough day. You'll be some problems. It be, be some problems. problems. It's like you're It'd supposed be... to turn the other cheek, right? I know you're supposed to turn the other cheek, right? But, but when nah. it comes to your
0: kids, that's a whole different territory. That's like my yeah. son
1: is always like, "Hey, Dad, you want us to hear what a one-handed clap sounds like?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, real. And then one quick other moment too. Say so similar situation, same situation, close situation. We're at Six Flags. You know, Six Flags is right on the oh, border. Yeah of wisconsin illinois we went there this is when all the kids were little and we went to six flags hang out with the fam and of course halfway through the day all the people fans started oh that's a mine, you know so it started to spread around and so we're at one of the rides we're just getting off one of the rides we're in the key part of six Flags, and we got these fans i got my, my my they're older now but they were five and like four years old fans are literally walking over my kids to get to me. And I'm like, oh, game over, timeout. This is done. We're out. Right. I, pick it, I picked up my kids, put them on my put boat. I'm walking out with kids like this, like, no, we're out of here. I'm like, dude, you just literally stepped on my dart. You stepped on, you physically pushed her out. Uh-huh. I said, we're out. I was like, we're going to the car. We're out of here. Boom. So yeah, it just, people you just got to understand, it, we're human too. We got, you know, we got things we want to do, want to have fun, but sometimes you got to just bring it down a notch. Bring it down a notch. Uh so with these cowboys, keep doing cowboy things. And I and I and I mentioned this because I was talking, you know, I was watching this game with friends and family, and I was just like, uh, it starts with the coaching staff here. You know, and you know, I even know a guy I played with and for, you know, Mike McCarthy, it just and you brought it up where he's not doing the play calling, he's not doing certain things, and that might be part of this why they're looking like. Are they doing things like you say? Cowboys keep doing cowboy things here, so I don't know. That might be part of it.
1: Yeah, I, I, listen, we we I don't want to beat a dead horse, man. It just right. it just seems it, it's unfortunate because it's almost like they're cursed right now. <laughs> and it that's almost not feels good. like they're it almost feels right. like they're cursed in the sense that they've built this team that on paper just looks like it, they should be world beaters. Look fantastic. And they just make the worst mistakes, and just it's like you you know with the pressure you know you you, you you can't make a diamond without pressure, right? Correct. Pressure brings it, it can bring out the best of you, but it can also bring out the worst. And for whatever reason, that game again that game we talked about it already. Man, that game yesterday was just it was unbelievable. Yeah, was, sure. but but it was also spoken into in, into reality. It was all week. It was like, they're going to blow it. They're going to do it, and they're going to do it, and they're going to do it, and maybe they were listening. You know, you tell, you tell everybody to turn off their radio. Maybe they didn't, man. Maybe they just they just heard it.
0: Yeah, like I said, my my prediction was off what I saw when I was in Cowboy Stadium when the Broncos came into town, and it was not a, game, a team that I, that I was th- expecting to win that game the way they started the game off, so – all right, so there is the end. I think the end of trench warfare there. So we get into predictions from around the league of what teams are left for the playoffs. And so we have coming up next Saturday, 3.30 Central Standard Time, Cincinnati Bagels at Tennessee. And then mm. we have the 49ers coming to Green Bay. As I mentioned, it's at 15 kickoff. And then on Sunday, it's the, the game tonight is going to be turning between the Rams and the uh, – Cardinals going to Tampa Bay and then Buffalo at Kansas City 5:30 on Sunday as well. So what you think about these Bengals? I'm gonna start this off with you.
1: Yeah, man, those Bengals are real. And and you would think the Tennessee Titans would be overwhelming favorites, but that Joe Burrow's really good. And that Jamar Chase guy is like unguardable right now. It's unbelievable. I <laughs> mean that game, it's insane how good he is. Like, It's almost like, man, it's like he's playing Tecmo Bowl or something, dude.
0: Right. I mean, I think the part of it is that they're obviously college teammates. <clears throat> I don't think people are really understanding how that, from a high-level standpoint, between a quarterback and receiver, is so important because, obviously, it happens at the NFL level. We obviously we've seen it with uh, Devontae and Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers right now. Through their career as pro teammates, in the time it took them, what, six, seven years to get this relationship on an on-field relationship and obviously off the field relationship to now when the ball is in the air to Devontae, something's about to happen. And that's right. what you're seeing with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. When that ball is in the air, like Joe's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw it up. I'm going to go back shoulder on this one. I'm going to go throw it ahead of him on that one. And he knows already because they've had conversations at down in school. They had conversations in Cincy saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do when they're doing mad press in my face. I'm going to get off the route like this and put the ball here and I'm good, you know. Those are that's conversations that these players are having. That's why you, we're seeing the result of what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is doing.
1: Yeah, the Titans got that that D-line that had a lot of success this year, Justin Simmons and company. And you just think, like, Joe Burrow's been sacked more than anybody in the NFL. And you just go – but it's a testament to that number is misleading mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Like We always yeah. talking about who's giving up sacks and everything, but the Tennessee Titans are going to come in. They might sack him five, six times. I still don't feel good about them winning the game, just for this, unless unless Derek Henry comes back and plays, like, you know, gets 32 carries, then it's all yeah, like, oh, better off, right? Yeah, hey, that's,
0: a, that's a whole other level. Right, but, but even if
1: they sack him five, six times like they did with Stafford, like, I don't think he throws the ball into the in, – I don't think he just turns it over on the one-yard line. Like, I think he just – okay, I'm, I know I'm going to get hit ten times today. I know I'm going to get knocked down five. I know I'm going to get yep. sacked five. But <clears> I'm going to throw the ball 40 times and 30 of them going to that boy over there he's yeah. pretty good, he's right? And and it's any, just any, like God. I don't know. You got to prove it to me that you can beat him. Exactly, and
0: you got a uh, mixing uh, the running back doing well, running. Right, the ball. Yeah, we don't even talk the about ball. the other guys either. Right?
1: Usma's unbelievable. A good tight end. You know, I mean, they they have weapons. You got T. Higgins. I mean, they got yeah. They yeah. got
0: they got a whole slew of young players that I believe are very hungry and they want to they want to make some they want to make some noise in the playoffs. And they did this past weekend by uh, beating down. Um, Bill Bulichek and the Patriots uh, in their offense and their defense here. And, and then going on to Tampa game coming in. So right now we don't know who they're playing. But right now, regardless of who they're playing, uh Tom Brandon is offense, yeah, <laughs> offense. Yeah, Tom Brandon is offense. it looks they look really they look good. I mean, this is it's just easy to say. They look good. He's on rhythm. Um, regardless of the guys he've lost, you know, you talk about Fournette, Godwin, Antonio Brown. Um, I think it's one other player gone. It didn't matter to me. I knew that I was like, you know what? I've seen
1: this whole movie before when he was in New England. He had say that's out. like 10 years straight in New England where he didn't have like he right. still has more weapons now than he did in New England for like 16 out of the 18 years, like, right? 20? I don't
0: think, yeah, I don't think people realize that it's like he really was just slapsticking it together. But and but but the players knew that was with him in New England, you know what? We just do our job. This is going to happen. We don't yeah. have to be the best player, we could just work hard and grind and get open, do our blocks, do our job, make the execution when the play is called doing that. And that's kind of – that's basically what's happening here with B.A., Bruce Aarons, and Tom Brady You know, be on the field being the leader and Bruce Aarons being the leader on the sidelines. And during the practice week, this is a team offensively, diff- defensively with the weapons and the, and the players. I say I, I like their defense. Is always – I say yeah, in the last I mean, couple of years being good and now got a good quarterback to lead that offense.
1: Their, their defense is – I mean, uh, JPP comes back. Shaq Barrett comes back, uh, White comes back, and you like, th- those guys are or David. You're right. like, oh my god, they're <laughs> they are absolutely stacked on defense now. Yeah, I mean their their defensive line is. It, uh, they're probably the only defensive line in the playoffs where I go every single player across that line is a problem.
0: Yeah, Vita Vea, you saw his Vita what, Vita. He did, what he Sue, did. To people.
1: Sue, Sue is arguably their least effective lineman right now nadami can sue right think about that statement and then like and they yeah. are. <laughs> i mean that is a that is a preposterous statement like that guy is a unit right he took jason kelsey and yeah. put him like upside down on his head yesterday like and jason yes. kelsey is an all pro right like they're good everywhere they're linebackers probably the best linebacker t- tandem in the game mm. they are good up front man so that is like that's scary that is yeah. a very scary opponent um I know Josh Allen had a monster game against the Patriots' run game or uh, right. run defense, and he looked. I mean, what do you have like? Would they have no no punts, no kicks? Or yeah, no maybe knelt down once.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, like for their offense, I mean that that game they were just saying, you know, saying who we are, what they do. This is what we're gonna do. Um, and I say now the t- between the talent that Josh Allen has. And his IQ of the game is getting to that next level because he's been beat up by Tom. He's been beat up by better teams to understand, okay, this is what I need to do to yeah. be that guy, you know, be this quarterback for my team. So, you know, he's he's learning that and he looked good. So and then the defense look good. Michael High interception, that I mean to make that play, right? That's where you that's that's what you know, that's why you get paid what you get paid. And then to have the I mean, I've known him as a player here in Green Bay when he was a, a safety here for the Packers. And I hung out with him, did some talk shows with him, and he has that competitive mindset that where you know what I'm not here, you know, to be flashy. I'm not here to do this, that, and the other. I'm here to run, play strong safety. If I got to hit you, if I got to cover you, I'm gonna do that. And that's what and that play right there, just to me, is epitome. It was the epitome of what I how I know Michael Hyde. That that was just a great play out there in the, that football field. They
1: the, what what was the yeah. Uh... The guy that before my so the, the Green Bay Packers have had some great. I mean, Leroy Butler. You started going on their safeties, safeties, right? Right. What was the guy's name? He's in the he's in the Packers Hall of Fame, uh, but he got he his career got cut short. Oh, he was an absolute he? unit, Super Bowl champion. Was, was it safety name? or? Yeah. I don't know. Was it Chuck Cecil? No, 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 no. This is in the 2009 championship. The oh, Coach um,
0: season. um, Nick, Nick Collins.
1: Nick Collins. Nick Collins. I love I love watching that dude. He he, he was that guy was a you're that guy right. was a player. He not we've had we just yeah. had good players there, man. That's a yeah. position we've been, again. Like you have a you have a a wealth of uh, of talent in one spot, sure. man. I remember like Leroy Butler started the Lambo leap, like he was the guy, The, man. the butler did it. Who right. did it? The butler did it. Every <laughs> exactly. time he get a pick we like yeah. win a game, they'd be like, Who did it? The butler did it. Ha <laughs> ha.
0: Yep. I remember those. So I was who do you got that in that game,
1: name? though? Who do you got in the uh, – so that Bills-Chiefs game is going to be – that's going to be a good matchup. Ooh, yeah, it's
0: going to be a good matchup. I I mean, th- that's going to be the toughest decision of a game right there because the Bills defense is going to probably be the perfect matchup for that Kansas City wide receiver core and Pat Mahone. Um, and then then boy of down from there is going to just be – and then so shoot – because right? that's tough. Because, like I said, I see that that Bills' defense of, that, that in back in Kansas end.
1: City though, Ag in
0: Kansas City in Kansas City. I think and that matters. I think a little matters a little bit. Obviously, because it's a, you know it's a road trip, and I think those guys, like I said, Micah Hyde and the other safety, they got the leadership on that. Where a road trip ain't nothing to them. It's just another part of the deal. And
1: I think it's the communication not, on offense. So that's the that stadium is, I don't know if you've been there. Like oh, we did, for the vibe. I no, played play there together. No, I played Maybe, in yeah, Seattle you,
0: when I was in Seattle. I okay, because you and I didn't and it play gets there. Loud. Yes, it gets, but loud. it
1: is, it's different. Especially we played there. Um, gosh, when I was in Miami, yeah. we played there in like late December for a playoff spot. And oh my God. Yeah. So Marcus Peters not. was still there. Marcus Peters, by the way, that guy was pretty good. <laughs> That guy was like calling out our plays from the cornerback position. I was like, oh my Lord, what are we doing? I'm
0: like, hey, really? But
1: story for another time.
0: Right, right. So, no, I'm a, i am um, I say, if I'm a pick, I say it's going to be a tight one, but it's going to be Chiefs at home going to the AFC Championship game from there. That's my pick. And then what about you for tonight's game, Rams and Cards?
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the cards. Yeah. I, I just, Listen, the the Stafford thing, I can't get it out of my. Every time you see a guy get pressured and throw picks, like I'm a lineman, I can't get it out of my head. Right. And the way that Kyler Murray can operate inside the pocket, outside the pocket, he's not quite like you know, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he can move. He can absolutely scoot. Mm-hmm. And he's he's like his accuracy is. I don't think it's celebrated as much as it should be. Like I, think I, I agree. I, I agree. think he's a really really good passer. I've always thought that Chandler Jones was one of the best defenders in the league. They might get J.J. Watt back tonight. I think he did his own hype video, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> their two linebackers are incredible. Simmons is having a great year. Buda Baker is one of the best guys in the game. Like, I just love their defense. And if D-Hop comes back tonight, yeah. If D-Hop's back tonight, like, I would just go – going to be the, problems. That, yeah. yeah, that's game. But it's going to be a good game, but I do think, that, I do think the Cards are going to win this one.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm watching – quarterbacks the last couple weeks and their accuracy and then just their throw motion and, and watching Kyler and the way he just manipulates the the player that's trying to cover him. If they put a spy on him um, manipulates the defensive line when they're rushing, like he's all right, like he's full aware of where he's at on the field in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And then when he breaks the pocket, he's full aware. Okay. I know I'm not path of line of scrimmage, so I could do this. I could pump fake boom, boom, boom. And then get somebody open before I even pass the line screen. But you know what? I'm gonna just pump fake and then gain two or three yards and then slip on out of bounds. Like he had a run earlier this season where it he picked up like 15 yards like it was nothing because he's skidding, scaling scow- that and pump faking down the sidelines was able to get out of bounds, stop the clock with like maybe maybe a second left or two seconds left to help his team, you know, get in field goal range. So he he just has that one part of competition where he can like you say like we were talking about earlier, live in the moment. And not think about nothing else. The game could be his worst game, but then those plays leading up to his team helping his team win, he's on, he's on point, basically. So um, I, I like, I say, I say, from a quarterback standpoint, I definitely like Cards and Kyler would have what he does with the ball and what he does with himself and helps his team get to a winning position in in all the games here. So here, so we want to get into. More Black Monday
1: talk, with, with firings or what's up? Where we where, where we at? <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I, you know what? Let's save it. Let's save it and give them give them a week because I give think there's – I, honestly, I think there might be another firing. And <laughs> and, and here's the other thing: like, I want to get into. Like I'm down in I'm down in Texas, and so some of the stuff that's going right. on with the Texans is nuts, right? And I know you played there, but I think yeah. I think what'll happen is we'll digress into. I think we need more time. Got but, it? No problem. You know what I mean? Why don't, yeah. Why don't, why don't, why don't, let's let's put it on the shelf until next week because you know for yeah. me, I, let's just do this. Ag, what's the best spot? What's the worst spot of all the openings right now? Where would you Where would you if if you were a head coach? Right. Where would you go? And where where is absolutely no chance you're going?
0: Okay, so we got Texans, we got Dolphins, Giants, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Jags. A place that I would go because of what they have there and right now, Chicago, because of Justin Fields, mm-hmm. and that and that defense. I could come in there, you know, get to know Justin, get to know the offensive players, defense, you know, getting to know my players in general and say, look, we could do this. Um because of the talent, because of what I've seen so far um, through his playing ability in terms of Justin Fields, but then also that defensive aside, you know, not knowing contract years, you know, with Cleo and some of the other defenders out there, but what they have as a whole there defensively, you could work with that, you know, mm-hmm. because we know it's all about offense. The offense is not there. So the defense struggles. They get tired and they're, they're beat up. They're humans just like anybody else. But if they're fresh coming off the line, it's similar to what happened to Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay had a number one defense, pretty much top ten defense in the NFL, with a bad offense, right. they get they get the addition of Tom Brady. Look what happens they 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 got one Super Bowl. They're headed to it, but they're trying to get to another one. All right, and then for a team that I'm like, um, not yet <laughs> or hold up, it's a toss up between the Dags and the and, and Texans. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, timeout. You need me? Who? Where? Um, it is because for oh, both man. places. For Where's both, the Jet? I know I want to go home I want to go home can I go home and think about this (laughs) yeah give me some time so like I like I don't really have a whole lot of people that I know that played for the Jaguars but just from outside looking in you know the owner con he's a business guy savvy guy and I don't know if it starts with him or if it ends with him or if he's this is one of the you know good or bad pieces there I don't know but I know the Texans and I know that history because I was there back almost like I said 2007 and eight, mm-hmm. and nine, when they released me, I was happy, you know, I was like, thank you, I wanted, mm-hmm. I be, I wanted to go back to Green Bay, and oh wait, you know, and my my agent, you know, coerced me to stay, and I'm like, nah, I still wanted to go, but, because I knew the, it was an underlying thing, like I mentioned already, when you have employees in the building, when it's Titans week, wearing Oriole jerseys, there's a problem, okay, <laughs> Hey, That's you know what? I fun. never asked
1: you. <laughs> What's up? When you went back to Green Bay, you wore number thirty-four. Yes. Was there ever a conversation with whoever the hell was number thirty? Like it was man, John. Like, yeah, we had a conversation. Who was, who was it? It was
0: John Coon. It was John Coon. and we had oh, that conversation. Jesus.
1: John, he should have he should have begged you to take it back. <laughs> Damn fullback! Are you kidding me? Yes, John Coon's yeah, a great guy. Yeah, but, but I, would, I was like, I would have been I I, mean, I would have for a cup of coffee
0: right right i you know for me you know me i'm like whatever i said no, I, I know got,
1: that's why i asked
0: yeah i'm 34 i take it i love Walter payton anyway i, I forgot that.
1: i forgot about john coon he was a good, right. he was a good player for them too no
0: he was a solid player good, a good leader and everything but yeah those are my two um yes i will go i'm like hold up and what so what about you i like that question what about you
1: So I I would say this I think I would say the exact same thing. I you know, a lot of people are saying the Bears is the worst situation because they don't have personnel. I I look at so I looked at their offensive line tape and thought, actually these guys are pretty good. Justin Fields is we don't know what he's gonna be, but again, I've now kind of categorized you have these like five superstar quarterbacks that can win you a Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. then you have like 14 guys that are gonna be about the same. Right. And then yep. the rest of the guys, I, I don't want anything to do with. And I think Justin Fields can at least be in one of those two categories. Correct. Easy. In the way that I would want to play offense and defense, the way that I would want to teach it, you know, develop my team. I'm very confident that I could win with Justin Fields as, as a quarterback, because we are going to be, we're going to be run. We're going to be play action. We're going to, we're going to give him opportunities to be successful. We're going to keep it simple until he grows into from a maturation standpoint, all right, I'm ready to make multiple reads pre-snap and post-snap. It's going to be let's make this as easy for you as possible, okay? Until you are ready and then we'll just keep layering it on, but we're going to, not going to make you the focal point of the offense. Right. right? The run game is going to be the focal point of the offense. If we have a great slot receiver, he's going to be involved in the run game.
0: Mm-hmm. If we
1: have a, you know, if we have a good wide receiver, we're going to put him in space, give him a lot of simple things to do 1v1 to open up. Like we're just going to make it that kind of offense. You might you you might say, oh, it's not creative enough to be on Madden, but like I bear, we, we're going to score some points, right. Because we exactly. can execute better than everybody else. And then exactly. defensively, they've got dogs on that side of the uh, of the team, and what they need is hope. Like they just need That's hope. It. If they just had hope, they would be even better than they are now. To be playing at a higher level, like their ceiling would be raised. So I love that idea.
0: Yep.
1: And and yeah, you could like I I've been in, you know, I've been in Miami, and so. Right. I, I kind of know like there's some really good dudes there. I think they actually have a really good team. Um, yeah, I don't know if the, the whole to a thing and, and but what happened with Flores and why he had to go would really make me take pause because it's like, dude, he turned that team around. Like you that that play they were in a bad place when Gase left. Mm-hmm. And he turned that team around and people that I know in that building believe in that guy. And so for for them to dismiss him. <clears throat> After the last two years, turning the turn the franchise, turning the culture around like that makes me really take pause. Yeah. Um, but then, like you, like dude, you hear the Texans, and they're like, "All right, well, they're interested in their Josh McCown. Like they were interested. They wanted to hire Josh McCown as a quarterback as the uh, as the as the head coach last year when he was a damn backup quarterback. Like that was literally that was like a legitimate going around thing. What they How hired Hines, they they interviewed Heinz Ward. Like, and Hydes Ward could be a head coach, there's no doubt, but dude, he's like he's like a wide receiver, of course, like Ford Atlantic. I'm not right. saying it's a bad deal, it's just like, yeah. I, it just it, They have Mayo, so you think about who they got. They, they got yeah, the, Mayo the, from the New pastor, England, Pastor yeah. from New England, yeah, and then they got Nick Casario, and they're those two guys are running, pulling the strings. Yeah. They dismiss Cully, I don't know how much as it turns out, you don't know how much power Cully had to begin with, but right. he seemed like a pretty damn good guy. He seemed like a guy I want to play for. Right. If you need yep. to get a new coordinator, get a new coordinator. But he seemed like the kind of guy I would want to be around. He seemed like a kind of guy that's a leader of men. He had a good temperament, all of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, when I see that kind of stuff, it makes me go like, ah, I don't, you just don't know what you're going to get. Right. If you're right. out of one year or after two years, that don't make any sense. Yeah. No.
0: It doesn't and then it the easy. Jags
1: thing, Shad Khan. I don't know. Shad Khan's like he must innovate a lot in his business, like so he's not afraid of like tacking it, left and right. Right. He right. seems on the one hand he seems like innovative and like seems like a really good guy, but then on the other hand, it's like man, you keep hiring these people that are head scratchers, dude. Like complete yeah. head scratchers. Yeah, so, his last,
0: for me, and you know very well that last one was a, definitely a head scratcher for me in terms of Erbby Meyer. So, right. Anyway. Uh we'll wrap up the show with that right there. So uh everybody yeah, download the podcast wherever you download your podcast at. And you can follow, you can see the social right there on the bottom of the screen there. But for everybody listening in that can't see that, you could go to um on my block on Twitter. That's O-N underscore M Y underscore block on Twitter. And then you can find me on social media at Amon Green30 all one word on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Mike. Let everybody know where you can find you.
1: Online. Yeah, wall 68 Twitter, process to perform on Instagram. AG, a pleasure as always, my man.
0: Yes, yeah, same here. Always big fun. And we'll be back next week to maybe wrap this thing up or keep No, hell no. No, no,
1: we got some weeks. <laughs> no, we got some weeks. <laughs> I'm,
0: just, I'm, just, I'm just doing the foreshadowing, the fun little stuff, you know. All right. But, yeah, everybody, we'll be back next week for another show and talk about this win That's for right. the Packers versus the 49ers and Lambeau Phil. So, everyone, enjoy your week. And, again, Happy New Year and Happy Martin Luther King birthday or day today. Sorry about that. All right. Talk to you later.